0: The other night I'm hanging out with one of my girlfriends and she says, Jess, I need to lose some weight. I'm thinking about doing keto. What are your thoughts? And I was like, no, head on my forehead. I mean, this girl's gorgeous. She doesn't need to lose any weight. But I said, why, why keto? No, why? And she goes, well, okay. I mean, maybe not keto. I know that's a little extreme, but I've got this cellulite and I don't know how to get rid of it. What do I do? And I just looked at her And I said, okay, you want to know how to get rid of cellulite? Here's what you do. My friend, number one, become a man because you need to entirely change how your hormones operate in your body and how you store body fat. Number two, change how many layers of skin you have. Number three, rewind the clock and don't have your three beautiful babies. And once you figure out how to rewind the clock, go ahead and pause it there because you can no longer age. She started to cry. And I thought, oh, crap, I did it too. I took it too far. It was too direct. And then she walked over. She gave me a hug. And she said, Jess, why are we so mean to our bodies? Ladies, why are we so mean to our bodies? I'm here starting this podcast because this is a conversation I want to have With her, with women like you. And if I'm being totally honest, I need to have it for myself because this culture is vicious and there are so many mixed messages for us women of how to be, how to look, how to dress, have babies, and then bounce back, be perfect, have the job, be the perfect stay at home mom. I mean, the list is endless. And then on top of that, we have all this information about nutrition. What's true? What's not true? Jump on this diet, that diet, intermittent fasting, keto. There's so much, and so I want to have these conversations so that we can stop the madness and just be, because when we start to clear that air and that madness around us, we're free to just live in our bodies, get comfortable, and be the most awesome, wonderful women that we were intended to be from the beginning. Let's let go of that perfectionism. I'm going to start by challenging that myself, diving in, and sharing my story with you guys. (laughs) Here we go. What's up, friends? Welcome to the Fuel Her Awesome podcast. It's time to finally break up with dieting and choose to live boldly and unapologetically in that bodacious body of yours. If you've had enough of your inner awesome being eclipsed by body hate and you're drowning in that sea of nutrition info out there, girl, I made this podcast for you. Become the healthiest and most energized version of yourself through confidence, food freedom, faith, and body empowerment, from science back to nutrition, and energizing foods with a little wiggle room. Because who doesn't want a side of donuts and a little wine does the body good? <laughs> I'm Jess, a body bully warrior, registered dietitian, and food freedom guru. I believe that when we stop letting culture define health, beauty, and what we should and shouldn't eat, we can finally live free in our own bodies. Are you ready to channel your inner awesome at a whole nother level? Grab a cup of coffee or lace up those running shoes and let's dive in to today's show. Today's episode of Fuel Her Awesome is brought to you by Studio 410. If you ladies are looking for boutique brand and website design specializing in women-owned businesses, Kelsey Lensmeyer is your girl. She believes that every woman has a special gift to offer the world. And instead of spending your precious time and energy on the things that you're not so gifted at, source it out. Kelsey happens to be incredibly gifted at brand and website design, so if you're struggling in that area, ladies reach out to her she is your woman visit studio 410 online at studio410.com that's studio s-t-u-d-i-o f-o-u-r and the number one number zero dot com be sure that you mention that you heard about kelsey on the fuel her awesome podcast to receive a hundred dollars off your first design services so a big shout out to kelsey over at studio 410 for bringing you ladies today's show all right let's dive in Okay, I want you to imagine this. You are going out to eat with your girlfriends. Everybody's ordering food. And instead of picking up the menu, trying to figure out what has the lowest calories, what's gluten-free, what's whatever fits the craziest diet going on right now, you just looked at the menu and thought, what sounds good? What is it that I want to eat tonight? And instead of worrying about, should I have wine or should I get diet soda? Wait, diet soda is bad for... My blood sugars, I think, but I don't really know. It's better than normal soda or maybe I shouldn't get alcohol. Instead of all that, what if you just ordered what you wanted to drink? And then instead of throughout the conversation obsessing about how many calories you're eating, should I finish my plate? Should I clear my plate? Oh crap, I've eaten too much. Now I might as well throw in the towel and order dessert because I've blown my diet for the day. What if instead you quieted that chatter and you just enjoyed the conversation and the food? Ladies, this is food freedom, and this is that mission that I am on. I want you guys to be here and experience this. I can honestly tell you when I go out to dinner right now, this is what I do. I don't look at the menu and look at calories or protein or even fruits or veggies. I look at what I want to eat because I'm going out and it's a special occasion and I'm with friends and I'm celebrating. This is something that did not come easy, and it has taken me. Oh, 20 years. Yeah, 20 years to get here. And I wanted to share my story with you guys because I think most of you know me as I am now. I've been a dietitian for 10 years. I've been married for 13. Ha! It's crazy. I've been a mama for six. I've done a lot of work that led me here. I love where I'm at now, but it's that work and that story that I've never really shared. So let's rewind the clock back to high school. Guys, I have to start this story by telling you my parents, they were phenomenal. I mean, just wonderful humans and taught me to live in congruency with my mind, my body, and food. So my dad, I'll never forget, we were driving to soccer practice one day and I've always had just soccer legs. I've always I'm genetically set up to have bigger muscles in my legs. I was looking down at them. I I didn't like that I didn't have a thigh gap and I said something snarky about my soccer thighs. My dad pulled the car over, got out of the car, opened the passenger side door, pulled me out, grabbed me by the shoulders and said, your legs are beautiful. They are strong. They make you one of the feistiest players on the soccer field. And I don't ever want to hear you talking about my daughter that way. Like talk about a reality check. So my mom, she's always used the word chubby to describe her body But it was never used with a negative connotation. It was always this like, yeah, I'm chubby. (laughs) What's You know, it's a fact. (laughs) Never once did I hear her talk about dieting or wanting to change her body. This is really important when you're raising three girls because girls naturally gravitate towards Wanting to have their bodies fit whatever culture is deeming beautiful at that point in time. And my mom just didn't fall into that. So this was the groundwork that I had laid out for me as a teenager. And I am eternally grateful for it because it made it really, well, it made it easier for me to work through and navigate some of the obstacles I faced in college. So intercollege, this is when I left home. I'm the oldest, so I went off by myself. I went to a school in Colorado where I knew absolutely no one. A couple months into school, I get a phone call that my brother's been in a terrible car accident and don't know if he's going to be okay, don't know if he's going to walk again, but it's bad. I was at this weird place where I was incredibly lonely. I missed my family. I had a boyfriend. We were trying to make the whole long-distance thing work, which <laughs> we all know how that works out. <laughs> At least in my case, it did, it did not work out. And that was a whole other layer happening there. And then I felt this sense of life was beyond my control. I, I couldn't help my family. I sensed this fragility in life. And I was really looking for something to control. So I did what a lot of women do. And I know looking back, I can see what I was doing. But at the time, I didn't realize it. I was looking for that control. And I couldn't fix my brother's legs. I couldn't fix the fact that my boyfriend was cheating on me. I couldn't fix the loneliness I was feeling in college. So I'm going to divert all my attention to fixing my body. Because that I could do. Or at least I thought. (laughs) Oh, I was wrong. (laughs) Uh at this time we did not have social media. Can you imagine life pre-social media days? So I turned to things like magazines, movies and friends when it came to you know how do I change my body? How do I lose weight? I don't remember the first time I decided to throw up. It just started happening and it led to other things like Laxatives, diet pills. Then all of a sudden, it became a rule that I had to exercise after eating dessert. I couldn't just enjoy a cookie. It was like I had to pay my dues for having it. So I don't remember that starting, but I do remember that when these things started happening, it was very comfortable. Like I didn't second guess it. Looking back, it's really scary how insidious this body image stuff is because. It progresses and it grows and it it creeps into areas of your life without you even realizing it. And then all of a sudden, you're doing things you, you never even would have imagined. <laughs> My dance with bulimia lasted about two years. And this cycle left me in a really unhealthy place. I mean, I would restrict all day long eating the tiniest amount of food possible The lowest calorie amounts I could possibly find. You know, this was when like sugar-free, fat-free stuff was a big thing. So I would eat things like Swedish fish. Guys, I'll never forget. (laughs) This is crazy. I hiked Pikes Peak. I was in college at Colorado Springs and I hiked Pikes Peak with uh, my best friend. We didn't take any snacks. We took hot tamales. That was the fuel I gave my body when I hiked up Pikes Peak. What? I mean, it was insane. So it was obvious by the end of the day, I was starving. I mean, not obvious to me at the time, but my body needed fuel. So I would binge on anything I can get my hands on. I mean, this is when late night nachos became a regular thing, which there's nothing wrong with that. But when you're not giving yourself nutritious food during the day, and then you're eating things like nachos at night and feeling guilty about it, you are I was setting myself up. So this cycle continued for quite a while. It got to the point where I just felt so terrible. My body was starved of nutrition. My hair was falling out. I had no energy because I was killing myself at the gym and not giving myself proper fuel. That I I just came to turn. I I remember I said, "All right, enough's enough. I can't keep this up and really it's not working. It's not helping me lose weight. I think I'm actually gaining weight." So I did decide to stop and and just like that I stopped. People with bulimia, one thing about their personality style is they binge and purge on food, but they also do that with things in life. And so in my case, I purged bulimia. I was done. I turned that switch off. That was done. However, the mental struggles behind my bulimia were not resolved. So even though I wasn't participating in these crazy behaviors anymore, I was still struggling on the inside. I did not like my body. I was embarrassed at what I had done to it. I felt ashamed. I mean, my hair all my hair had fallen out that I ended up chopping it. So I had this short pixie cut that I look back at pictures and I'm like, oh, you're cute. Tap, tap. <laughs> I just was not my energetic self. In my family, we call it your bounce. I didn't have my bounce. I didn't have my ticker bounce. I was kind of this Eeyore walking around. So I moved back to Albuquerque, and this is when I married my husband, and we were starting our life together. He was really, really good for me. I mean, he has this sense of confidence about him where he just is who he is, and he makes no apologies for who he is. And this was really helpful for me to be around because I'd never experienced this ability to to just be me, good or bad, and be be okay with that and not have to explain myself or Be perfect or apologize. So I really tried to emulate some of that characteristic that I saw and quite honestly was drawn to in him. At this point in time, I had decided to go back to school to pursue a career in dietetics, and a lot of my curiosity for nutrition started to sprout when I was in the middle of bulimia because I was curious about nutrition. I had learned how to do it the wrong way, and so I wanted to learn how to do it the right way, and why not make a career of it? So in school, I learned some amazing. Well. I learned incredible things about the body. It is undeniable that our body is beautifully crafted to take in food and take in nutrition and use it to build and grow and recover. I mean, it's just incredible. I would learn really cool facts like, for example, so our body needs antioxidants because antioxidants help to neutralize free radicals, which are these little things in our body. They're byproducts of metabolism. I think of them like a pinball in a pinball machine bouncing around, hitting other molecules, causing damage. So we need antioxidants to neutralize these guys. Our body has the ability to create internal antioxidants. I mean, we can get them from food and, and most of the antioxidants we Take in, do come from food, but we can also build them internally. One of the molecules required to build antioxidants is its manganese. Pineapple is loaded with manganese. So when you have a cup of pineapple, you're actually fueling that internal antioxidant system. I mean, I learned stuff like this all the time. Once I started digging into the science behind how our body utilizes food and nutrition, I could just never go back. I can't go back to that dieting, restricting, abusing my body, not giving it what it needs because. It's just way too beautiful how the body uses food and nutrition to be healthy and to survive and not even just survive, but to thrive as we age. So the education that I got in school about nutrition, just it changed my life. However, as I mentioned earlier, the eating disorder stuff, the behaviors were gone, but the thoughts were still there. So the negative self-talk, the inner critic, I mean, all those invasive thoughts were so deep in my psyche that while the nutrition stuff started looking a little bit better, the insecurity was really, really dominant in my life. Only now I couldn't play it out. I couldn't act it out in my food because I knew too much. (laughs) I knew I couldn't restrict. I knew I couldn't try to um, control my body the way I used to, but the insecurities were still there. So they started to show up in other ways. I started trying to chase accomplishments and status to hide these insecurities. And really at the heart of my insecurities was that I'm not blank enough. Like fill in the blank, right? I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not beautiful enough. I'm just not enough. Okay, so I'm here. I'm pretty accomplished in my career. I've got a good marriage going on. I'm feeling feeling really good. But underneath all those superficial layers is that I'm not enough, that insecurity. And it's no longer playing out in my body image. But quite honestly, I one, it couldn't because I knew too much at this point in time. I couldn't go back to the disordered ways. But two, I was also in a body that fits our socially accepted ideal of beauty. Like I am in a thin, petite, white female body. So I do think a lot of the body image stuff just naturally went away because I was culturally accepted. Interpregnancy. pregnancy. <laughs> this was a challenge for me, ladies. I cannot lie to you. I'm not one of those women that loved being pregnant, that loved the changes in my body, that anticipated having my future baby. I hated it. I hated my body being out of control. I hated the comments people said about my body as it was changing. I remember one time I was going to a football game with some friends and I was walking into the stadium and a stranger said to me, you know, they don't allow explosives in the stadium. (laughs) And it was funny. I'm laughing now, but at the time, oof. Because what it meant is that my body was out of my control and it wasn't doing what I wanted it to do, even though it was building my baby boy which is just nuts. So I think when I was pregnant, this is when those body image insecurities really resurfaced for me. And I had to do some deep work here. I had to get really serious about what I thought about my body, what my body's role is in this world and how I was going to take care of it. Guys, at this point, I had been a dietitian for five or six years. And I'm going to be totally honest with you. At this point, I was not following my own advice. Both my sisters know me really, really well. They used to make fun of me and say, gosh, Jess, if your clients saw what you did behind closed doors, none of them would listen to you. (laughs) I just didn't take care of my body. And I was young. And so I had the luxury of youth that my metabolism just did its thing so I could get away with not taking care of it. But when you're pregnant, it's different. You're building another human. And not only that, but your energy levels are starting to change. Oh, and at this point, I am getting obviously older and (laughs) your energy levels start to dissipate. I just realized that this superficial relationship with my body had to end. And if I wanted to be the mom I wanted to be, which is a working mom, a present mom, and still attentive to my husband, I mean, that's going to require extra layer of energy that I just didn't have and what better way to get that than to start practicing what I preach so after my son was born my husband and I started this little challenge where we started trying to increase our fruits and veggies I used to only eat one a day (sighs) I don't like fruits and veggies. (laughs) I had to really work to eat them. But we started this challenge where we would up it by one serving every two or three weeks until it became a habit. And my goal was to get to nine. It took us about nine weeks. It took us a long time to get there, but we ended up being able to maintain it. And the difference was crazy. I mean, my energy levels, considering I had a newborn and was only sleeping sporadically was incredible. It was like all that stuff I learned about nutrition was now playing out in my body in ways I, you know, I used to think the rules didn't apply to my body. I'm like, oh, that's great information for her, but it doesn't apply to me because my body's different. (laughs) And then on top of that, the exercise stuff. When I was pregnant, obviously you can't exercise the way you can when you're not pregnant because <laughs> you're pumping out around double the blood volume, your heart's working much harder, and you're carrying a human. I had to let go of that competitive nature when I walk in the gym. I had to be okay with not being what I think call the best I'm never the best but (laughs) but in my head I, I think I have to at least be one of the most athletic people in the room or I get too embarrassed and I'd have to leave no I had to let all that go because it wasn't about competition anymore it wasn't about walking in and looking a certain way it was about walking in and being the strongest I could be so I could make it through delivery so that I could bounce back from delivery and take care of my baby boy So after my son was born, I was super excited to get into the gym because I had this whole new fresh perspective and I was feeling really confident. Man, it's like God just teaches you lessons when you need to be taught them. (laughs) We started going to a CrossFit gym. I walked in excited, pumped up. I was no longer pregnant, so I was ready to feel like my old self again. I don't know what you guys think of when you think of a CrossFit gym. I had this image of walking in and like all these bodacious babes in sports bras and tiny shorts doing muscle ups and handstand walks. Yeah, that was all true. And I walked in, I couldn't do any of that. I had just had a baby. You know, I had black bags under my eyes. My stomach was still stretched out. I was bleeding like crazy. So I couldn't even do long workouts functionally. I I peed my pants when I jump roped, (laughs) jump roped, rope jumped. That's a debate in my house. Which one is it? (laughs) So I'm in there feeling so insecure and I'll never forget it. We're doing this workout. It was the 12 days of Christmas. Everybody's using these massive barbells with weights and the trader comes over to me and says, here, Jess, here's a PVC pipe. Why don't you start here? (laughs) I'm like screw your pvc pipe i was pissed i mean i'm an enneagram 8 so i am feisty and competitive and here i was in the middle of this bodacious babe gym i'm the pvc pipe girl <laughs> it was terrible i uh, i remember i tried to pick up the barbell cuz i thought screw that i'm not doing the pvc pipe <laughs> i didn't know what i was doing <laughs> i couldn't even pick it up so i had to use the pvc pipe i had to do it i went through the workout humbly went through the workout (laughs) trying all of these new moves things I have never done before I can't say I enjoyed it not at all (laughs) I was so embarrassed I never wanted to go back but at the same time I thought the new movements were fun and it scratched this itch in me that I didn't even know needed to be scratched where all of a sudden I was doing a workout that wasn't based on running a certain distance or burning a certain amount of calories instead it was this functionality like Can I do a clean? If you guys don't know what a clean is, it's where you pick the barbell up off the floor and you kind of flip your elbows underneath it and catch it like um, just under your collarbone. It was fun. It was different. And then beyond that, there was a gymnastics element, which I did gymnastics when I was younger and I returned to some of the fun elements of exercise. But before I could get there, I had to remove that judgment about my body and my productivity levels and how I looked. And I had to get back to this place of curiosity. And this is something that transitioned over to my food and is something that I live and breathe now is this release of judgment and invitation to be curious about exercise, movement, food, life, really. (laughs) It can be played out anywhere, but specifically speaking with movement and exercise This was a game changer for me and I was able to shift my energy and I was able to get really curious about how my body responded to the exercises I was participating in or how my body was interacting with food. So I was working with my body instead of trying to make it mold to my endless list of demands of what it needs to accomplish, do, take in, and look like. At this point in my life, in my career, I really went back to that moment when my dad pulled me out of the car And told me the purpose of my legs and how that trumped the way they appeared. And I took this principle and played it out to my life as a whole. My body post-babies is not the same. Yeah, some things just don't go back. (laughs) But that's okay. Because at this point in my life, I saw my body as a functional vessel. It was what is going to carry me through this journey and this experience. Sure, I enjoy taking care of my body. I like to dress it up, but that's the superficial stuff and that's fun. That's the glitter. That's not the core of what my body's purpose is. Getting really clear about this and looking at my body more as my life vessel, as my my earth suit has my ship navigating this, this life's river. It helps me stay grounded. So now when I go out to eat, it's not about trying to be the skinniest woman I can be. It's about trying to interact with people and have deep, meaningful conversations, which honestly I can't do when I'm eating low carb or low calorie anyways. <laughs> so I've got to eat. But it freed me of that pressure and that obsession with perfectionism to be and look a certain way to just eat. And I know that sounds so simple and yet so scary at the same time. Because every time I say it to my clients there, they look at me like, Jess, yeah, if I just eat, do you know what I would eat (gasps) with these eyes wide and horrified? But it is that simple. Because when it comes down to it, our bodies were made to eat. They were made to digest food. They were not made to be perfect. And when we stop fighting our biology, we just embrace it. We're free to experience food. And you open up that door, it's crazy where it takes you. Because you're able to eat foods because of the way they feel in your body. I have so many clients that say, Jess, I want to want to eat healthy. I can guarantee you this is the way to get there. Start seeing how... Food feels in your body. And then stop worrying about if it makes you look different. How does it make you feel? And does it power your mission? Whatever that mission is. My mission is to be the best mom, best wife, best dietitian I can be. And you better be damn sure I need a lot of carbohydrates to do that because. Those are long days (laughs) and I'm going to need lots of protein because I want to be strong for my boys. I'm going to need fruits and vegetables to fight off cancer because that runs rampant in my family and I want to make sure I'm doing what I can to prevent that. But it also means I need the grace and the flexibility to enjoy cake on my boys' birthdays and not even on my boys' birthdays. Just a few hours ago, we made hot cocoa together. It was loaded with sugar, guys, but I had it and I enjoyed it. And those are precious moments that I don't ever want to be eclipsed again by fear of food and what it's going to do to my body. Guys, these are the moments that make life worth living and I don't dare let that negative body image, that negativity, that insecurity step foot in those spaces again. So that's why I'm here. I want you to live in this food freedom space with me and I want to help you on your journey to challenge these perfectionistic tendencies that we women have let go of the diet culture pressure and let's live in our bodies thank you so much for joining me today i hope today strengthened your food journey and empowered you to live boldly in your body real quick sister before you go if you like today's episode please take a minute to head on over to itunes fuel her awesome podcast and leave me a review Ladies, can you imagine how much better our world would be if women everywhere were free from diet culture and misguided nutrition advice, and they had the ability to step into their full potential? If you have a girlfriend in mind that you know is amazing, but she's held back by body, diet, or diet culture hangups, please join the mission and share this episode on your social media. Don't forget to tag me at JessBrownRD. And if you want more on overcoming body image and insecurity, my 10-step ebook is a great place to start. Head on over to JessBrownRD.com and use the code LOVEMYBODY20 to save 20% through the end of January. Can't wait to chat more. Until next time, babes, cheers and happy eating.